Fibber McGee and Molly. Every weekday at this time, NBC brings you the Fibber McGee and Molly program, transcribed, written by Phil Leslie, and directed by Max Hutto. Fibber and Molly will be with you in a minute. Within the next 20 seconds, a fire will break out somewhere in the United States. Lives may be lost, property damaged, homes or buildings destroyed. Yes, there are 4,600 fires in America each day of the year. They kill 11,000 persons and disfigure or severely burn thousands more. 90% of all fires which start in the home can be traced to human carelessness. By obeying a few simple rules of fire prevention from now on, you and I can protect ourselves and our families from this devastating menace. Rule one is don't smoke in bed or discard lighted cigarettes carelessly. Rule two, clean out old newspapers, magazines, and other inflammable debris. Rule three, promptly repair defective wiring equipment. Replace worn or frayed wiring as soon as you notice it. Fire won't wait till tomorrow. Rule four, use only those cleaning fluids which will not burn. And last but not least, be careful with matches. Keep them out of the reach of small children. Remember, it doesn't pay to gamble with fire. The odds are against you every time. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. McGee are planning a trip to visit Mrs. McGee's wealthy aunt. For a while yesterday, there was a little problem about needing new luggage. But our hero has it all solved this morning as he comes galloping in the front door, yelping, Hey, Molly! Hey, Molly, I got him! I got them. I borrowed Doc Gamble's new suitcases. Look at them. Aren't they just beautiful? Yeah. Boy, we'll arrive at Aunt Sarah's house in style this time, kiddo. Just look at them luggage. Those luggage, dearie. Huh? Er, those luggages? Is that right? Them bags. They're genuine cowhide, you know. Brand new, too. I'm not so sure you should have borrowed them, though. They're such expensive. I wasn't sure I could borrow them for a while there. But you know how sentimental old Doc is. When I told him I was going to be gone for maybe a whole week, he practically broke down and cried right there in the office. Oh. Incidentally, Doc's going to stop by here this afternoon to find out what time we want to leave for the station tomorrow. Good. So when you hear him coming, kind of throw something over this big Gladstone of his, will you? I got it scratched a little bit on that nail on the porch post, and you know how unreasonable Doc gets. Oh, McGee, look at that. Ah, don't worry. It's not all the way through. Besides, when them porters on that train get through with it, Doc will never notice a little two-foot scratch like this one. Oh. Hey, I'm looking forward to this trip tomorrow, aren't you? Yes, and I think it's sweet of Aunt Sarah to invite us. You see, now I want to make an appointment at the beauty shop. Call Mabel Toops, write a note for the milkman. I caught the mailman this morning. Doing what? No, no, no. I mean, I caught him on the front porch and told him to hold the mail after today, till we get back. Oh, how about the newspapers? Hadn't you better tell the paper boy? I'll watch for him this afternoon. I forgot to tell him when we went on vacation this summer, and that front porch looked like it was buried under 20 foot of snow when we got him. Uh-oh. Oh, that's probably Mr. Wimple. He's going to keep our parakeet for us. Wimp? Well, I hope he takes good care Come of Come in. Hello, Mr. Wimple. Oh, hi, Wimp. Hello, folks. I came for the parakeet. Well, good. Are you sure you know how to take care of birds, Wallace? Mr. McGee... You are talking to the hospitality chairman of the Wistful Vista Bird Watchers, Nest Number Four. Oh, how nice. Nest Number Four? Well, even so, I don't... Look, do you see this pin, Mr. McGee? This is the coveted golden bird with two egg clusters. 
awarded only for extreme heroism. Oh, that's wonderful, Mr. Wimple. How'd you get it? It was on an eagle-watching expedition last summer, Mrs. McGee, in the Rocky Mountains. The Rockies? Two of us had climbed a rocky cliff to watch an eagle feeding her young. Yeah? When all at once, she discovered us. Uh Uh-oh. With a horrible screech, she dived at us and... Well, I saved a man's life that day. Gee, that's great, Wimp. Whose life did you save? Mine. I dived into a badger hole and hid till dark. (laughs) The other poor fellow perished. Well, after that, I'm sure we can trust you with our parakeet, Mr. Wimple. He's out in the kitchen. I'm going up and call Mabel Toops now, McGee. Yeah, well, come on, Wimp, and I'll give him to you. I'll gather up his stuff for you. Hi, Buster. Hi, Buster. (laughs) He's a cute little fellow, Mr. McGee. I'll take very good care of him. Hello, birdie. Hello, birdie. Good. Now, here's his bird seed. Right. And here's the other kind of bird seed. Two kinds of... Here's the book, Care and Feeding of Parakeets. The book? Here's the blanket we put over his cage at night. Just hang it over my arm. And here's the heavy blanket, in case it turns colder while we're gone. Uh, hang it over my other arm. Okay. And you better take this, too, in case it goes below freezing. You can't tell this time of year. What on earth is that? My old raccoon coat. I'll hang that over the blanket over your arm. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Now, let's see. Here's his water. Gallon bottle full. Oh, we have water, Mr. McGee. Yeah, but he's used to the water out of our faucet, Wimp. Better not change on him. Might upset him. Put the bottle under my arm. That's it. Here's the heating pad to put under his cage in case he's still cold, see? Hang it around my neck. Okay. Here's his bottle of bitters. Bitters? Good gracious, do I give him gin with that? My gosh, no, Wallace. The directions are on the bottle. Three drops in his water. Here, I'll put this in your pocket. Uh, Thank you. And here's an extra cuddle bone. Uh, Perch brush. Five pounds of gravel. You got it? Newspapers for his cage. And here's a palm leaf fan in case the weather turns hot. Heavenly days. Let me check now. Blankets, book, bird seed, fur coat, fan. Okay, boy, you got it. I'll open the back door for you. Uh, uh, Thank you, Mr. McGee. Uh, Have a nice trip. And call me when you get back. Okay, Wimp. Thanks a lot, boy. I gotta start packing now. So long. Well, I hope I didn't forget anything. I'd hate for anything to happen to that bird on it. Oh, you said it, Buster. I don't want anything to happen to you. Oh, my gosh. I thought I forgot something. Hey, Wimp. Hey, hold it. Hey, you forgot the bird. There's more fun with the McGee's shortly. Most of us have been called away from home and loved ones at one time or another. And we know from the experience that there's nothing quite as important during those days of separation as mail. A good old letter from home. Any man or woman in the armed forces will tell you the only call that takes precedence over mess is mail call. And when a letter is more important to a hungry G.I. than food, you know it means something. The truce in Korea doesn't mean we should stop writing letters to our men and women in service, whether in U.S. camps or overseas. Mail from home is just as important now as it ever was. Yes, in some respects, it's even more important. The action, the strain, the anxieties of war can keep a soldier's mind occupied. But when the letdown comes, the time to relax, that's when morale needs a shot in the arm. Your soldier knows the shooting is over. He's done his big job, and now he wants to get home. 
But unfortunately, there's still a lot to keep him for a while. So don't let him down. Help keep up his morale. Write that letter today. How's the packing come, Molly? Okay? I guess so, dearie, but there's never enough room for everything. That's right. Did you find out about the train? Yeah, I just phoned the station. We take that cinder bucket, you know, 10 o'clock tomorrow. Gets us into Aunt Sarah's the at The cinder about... bucket? Mm-hmm. That's a through train, isn't it? You said it. That train was through in 1912. <laughs> that red railroad keeps... Oh, hey, there's the paper boy outside. Hey, boy. Hey, paper boy. Whew. Hey, you just missed my head, bud. Oh, gee, I'm awful sorry, Mr. McGee. I've been throwing high all day. Well, you better watch it. Uh, would you like me to ride back down the block and try another throw, sir? No, no, never mind, never mind. Uh, the reason why I stopped you, Oh, boy... I know why, sir. I have it right here. Hmm? Uh, it's $2.80, and that brings you right up to date. Huh? Would you like a receipt? I have it all made out. Oh, well, um, yeah, yeah, okay. Here, here's the two eighty. Oh, thank you, sir. Hey, you aren't the same kid we've had all the time, are you? The one that always throws the paper in the maple tree. Oh, no, sir. I'm the boy that throws them under the porch. Oh, I I see. just got this route last week, Mr. McGee. Mm-hmm. And like I say, I've been throwing them high today for some reason. Yeah, yeah, you told me. How did you know my name if you're new? Oh, I have all the records from Norman, the boy that used to have this route. Route? Uh, route, yeah. I study the records, Mr. McGee. Uh-huh. I think it's important for a man starting in business to know all about his customers, don't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, that, that's a good idea. I mark them down in my mind, you see. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you stepped out on that porch, it flashed right through my mind. Quote, 79 Whistle Vista, that's F. McGee. Mm-hmm. Very unhappy, hates paper in tree, collect in advance, Two-bit tip at Christmas. Swirl puddle in driveway on rainy days. Unquote. Hmm. The quotes are not my own, sir. They're on my report from Norman, the boy that used to have this route. 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 And Norman knows people... Well, never mind Norman, but uh, Look, I and my wife are going out of town for a few days, so no more papers till I tell you. Understand? Yes, sir. But may I say, I'll miss you, sir. Yeah, you missed me on the last throw, too. <laughs> watch it. I'll do better next time, sir. Goodbye. So long. Well, that takes care of the newspaper. I'll see if I can help Molly pack. Hey, McGee, wait a minute. Oh, hi, Doctor, old man. Come on in with me. You all set, my boy? You're still going. You haven't changed your mind. No. We leave in the morning, Petzl. Ten o'clock train. Hi, Molly. Getting packed, are you? Hello, Dr. Gamble. Yes, and I can't tell you how much we appreciate the loan of the beautiful luggage. You hide the scratch, cover the scratch. What was that? I uh, said uh, the bags. Uh, they match. <laughs> they match. Well, of course they match, egghead. I haven't even used those bags yet, Molly. I... Oh, by the way, where are you going? Where? Didn't McGee tell you? Well, frankly, my dear, when he broke the news that he was going out of town for a week, I got so excited I forgot to ask him. Oh, <laughs> well, my Aunt Sarah bought a new house, Doctor, and she invited us to visit her. Yes, our own beloved Aunt Sarah, Doctor. Our very closest relative to whom my wife and I feel a great, deep devotion. Oh, stop it. <laughs> This is the rich hand. You said it, fat boy. Mm-hmm. He's rolling in dough like a baker's knuckles. <laughs> if I had her dough... What would you do, Flaplip? <laughs> Just exactly what would you do if you had, say, uh, $10 million? Well, for one thing, I wouldn't send my nephew a cheap birthday present every year, I'll tell you that. You wouldn't, huh? No, sir. When my nephew's birthday rolled around, I'd sit down and I'd write him out a check for a thousand bucks. A thousand dollars? Betcha. Then I'd look at that check and I'd say to myself... 
What did that bum ever do for me? And then I'd tear up the check and knit him a necktie or something. <laughs> he didn't serve him right, too. You know, when he's in one of those honest moods like this, Molly, I can almost stand him. <laughs> well, thank you, Doctor. <laughs> well, I'll pick you up at 9 tomorrow morning, kids. Yeah. Goodbye now. Bye. Bye. Well, I'll help you finish packing, kiddo. Because tomorrow's going to be a busy day for us. When we get on that train, France, Sarah's out. <laughs> say goodnight to Fibber and Molly in a moment. More great comedy entertainment is yours for the listening tomorrow night when the NBC Radio Network presents the Bob Hope Show and the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show. Everyone knows Bob Hope's wisecracking rapid-fire style of humor, the stock and trade which elevated Bob to the heights of the comedy kingdom. You'll enjoy his program tomorrow night with the music of Les Brown's Band of Renown, the song stylings of Margaret Whiting and Bob's special guest stars. Later, on the Phil Harris Alice Faye Show, listen to another fast-paced comedy as Phil mixes with Elliot Lewis, Julius Abruzio, and Brother William to come out low man on the totem pole. Of course, there'll be songs by Phil and Alice to add to your listening pleasure and to top off the comedy carryings on. Also on Friday evening, listen to young and popular Eddie Fisher with his quarter hour of pleasure-filled song stylings and to the Dinah Shore Show featuring this glamorous songbird in the program of your favorite music. Friday and every day, you'll hear America's greatest radio programs on this station of the NBC Radio Network. Ladies and gentlemen, this week is National Safety Week. We'd like to salute the members of the National Safety Council, now in convention in Chicago. You know, since 1913, the National Safety Council has dedicated itself to saving lives and cutting down on accidents of every kind throughout the nation. Carelessness causes accidents, and... <laughs> Molly, can you get the suitcase open quick? You just locked it. What's the matter with you? I've got my necktie caught in it, and it's choking. Oh, dear. There. <sighs> Good night. Good night, all. <laughs> NBC has brought you the Fibber McGee and Molly program, transcribed with Bill Thompson as Wallace Wimple, Arthur Q. Bryan as Dr. Gamble, and Richard Beals as the paperboy. This is John Wald inviting you to be with us again tomorrow night for another visit with Fibber McGee and Molly. Now, laugh with Can You Top This on the NBC Radio Network.